Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, joining me once again as we continue our adventures, well, for now I guess we conclude our adventures with Indiana Jones, uh, as we will talk about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I'm sure we have some thoughts on that, which we'll present to you later in this episode. But first, Alex... It is Madden season. As our listeners know, if they listened to last week, we don't have to touch on that <laughs> anymore. But we will a little bit, because I'm sure you've been playing some Madden. Almost exclusively. Almost exclusively. Almost exclusively. What else other than Madden have you been playing? Well, the usual suspects, right? We got Destiny and Halo in there. Oh, so you, you kind of going back. Last week, you weren't cheating on Madden with anybody. Right. And now, you're kind of like, yeah. It's good to mix it up every once in a while, Every right? once in a while. Yeah. yeah. But it's still predominantly Madden. I'm... Very, very excited for football season. It'll, it'll probably be almost exclusively Madden until football season starts next week. I'll be, I'll be out of town all weekend. Um, my fiance is finally coming home after Yay! five months. After so she left you. After she left me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, and then one more week, and then football season starts. So, mm-hmm. actually, it'll start that Thursday. It's so only a couple days. Yeah, because that Thursday night game will begin the football season, and I think it's on mm-hmm. NBC. So. Yep. Who's playing? Do you know off the top of your head? I want to say It's not the Rams, that, I can tell you no. that. <laughs> no, I want to say that it's the Vikings and the Steelers. Interesting. I think I'm wrong. That might have been the Hall of Fame game. I might be wrong. But uh, regardless, um, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, entertaining-wise, uh, uh, around just speaking to football, had a couple of my fantasy drafts. Steelers um, and Patriots. Steelers and Patriots. I was not close. Uh, I got one out of <laughs> you two, right? Yeah, okay, you're so I was fifty percent. All right. Steelers. Speaking of Patriots, uh, we're in a fantasy uh, league together. You yes, picked up are. Tom Brady. I did, and, and his he, suspension is. He good. just got his suspension no, lifted today, so he might be starting. <laughs> he might be starting. I picked up Reggie Wayne in uh-huh. our fantasy league. He was a free agent. Don't know how. He slipped under the radar because he was just signed. Maybe. I don't know if it was because of that or. I don't know. Because he's old? You can say, it's fine. I'm just, fine. you know, he he was an amazing quarterback, or a wide receiver, and I think maybe he's getting close to, I don't know. I mean, at least he's got going for him now that he's still got a really good quarterback throwing to him. But, yeah. Um, you know, our connected franchise is still going on in Madden. It is, unfortunately. I have a one and two record oh, right no. now. Oh, no. I haven't played my week. I'm playing my week three tonight, Bears against Seahawks. It's probably going to be a bloodbath. I, I need you to beat them because they beat me in week one. Okay. Well, I'm I'm obviously going to try to beat everybody I play, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's they're a tough team, right? I and mean, the, the AI this year is, is really good in the game. So I'm anticipating a really good uh, battle. Like I, I had played Green Bay week one. And I came out on top, so I'm hoping for something similar. I'd just like to point out I am the only user-controlled team in Madden in our connected franchise that is undefeated. Um, Wait, no. Um, Josh. Who? Steelers. Is he still undefeated? Yeah, he's 3-0, and he beat me last night. Mercilessly. (sighs) That just takes some steam out of my day, then. I think the score between him and me was something around, I don't know, 58-13. to 58-13? Oh, my gosh. Josh, if you're listening, (laughs) there comes a time when it's a sportsmanship... It's unsporting to just, you know, what they call run up the score, if that's what they call it. But in his defense, his defense got him two scores, like, back-to-back. So first off, 
Nick Foles threw, no, I think it was Nick Foles threw probably five interceptions in this game. I want to drop him and get someone else, but there's nobody in free agency to get. Nick Foles threw like five interceptions. One was a pick six. He got injured, so he was taken off the field. So then Austin Davis was on. I ran a play because I wasn't sure about Austin Davis, but then I decided to throw a play. Pick six. What the world? You know who would be a really good quarterback for you to pick up? Peyton Manning. Tim Tebow. I don't even think he's in free agency. Oh, no, he's he's probably on the Eagles roster. No, he is, yeah. But, but I mean, our league is a little different where right now we're only doing like two additions a week and right. it's only free agent pickups. And I don't I believe the Eagles are a user-controlled team, so you wouldn't be able to make a trade. Very, yeah, that's true, yeah. So, um, but anyway, it, it was only 52 to 13. I, wow. I looked up the score right now, but um, man... That's rough. I mean, are, are we are we calling out hacks right now? Is that where we're, <laughs> we're going with that? I, I mean, I think he had host hardcore. Yeah, I, I I think he definitely he should be rewarded a loss, right? So I can be the only <laughs> undefeated team. But uh, it started out okay. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Once you know, I always say this in Madden every year. If it rains, it pours. You know what I mean? Because like once something doesn't go your way, it just feels like. I don't know if it's because we panic and we start. I think it is, right? Yeah, we start forcing things. You, you and, start trying to, you know, okay, run the route, what, and then he doesn't run the route, or Foles overthrows him or just right. throws it completely different direction. Right. It's a different dynamic in Madden because you don't have as much time as you do in a real football game because they're condensed, you know, five or six minute quarters. When you make a mistake, it's it's usually a mon- monumental shift mm-hmm. in that game. And then all of a sudden you can't play your game anymore. You can't, you know, run when you want to. You always feel like you have to throw to get more yards, mm-hmm. and I don't know. But um, so that's that, let's put that away. That's we're I'm not that, gonna. That was our Madden talk for I'm this not week. Not gonna go on a destiny like rant uh, about Madden, but it is <laughs> but a very good game. We've both been playing it. You've been playing Madden Ultimate Team now too. Yeah, there's so many different modes in Madden this year. It's the best Ultimate Team. I've been playing uh, Draft Champions, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, kind of ties into Ultimate Team because you get rewards for Ultimate Team. Then the connected franchise and just regular online head-to-head. It's and just... you were telling me the challenges are pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, the challenges are really cool. Um, you have to start, you have to progressively go through them. You can't skip ahead and do some of the harder ones. But once you get up to the harder ones, there a couple times I've had to go through several of them multiple times. They're yeah. just and they're entertaining, right? A little bit of a story mode, if you will, for Madden. <laughs> so I know that you might enjoy it, Nathan. Um, but yeah, outside of video games, um, only TV show I've really been watching, I started Z Nation. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. It's a lower budget uh, Netflix. I don't know if it's by Netflix or maybe it was like a sci-fi. So let me tell you what I think Z Nation would be by just the name. Okay. Zombie movie? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's like a, it, it's a zombie TV show. Uh, it's only one season that I believe is on Netflix, like 13 episodes. Um, but is it a Netflix show, like original? I don't think it's a Netflix original show. I want to say it's like a sci-fi mm. show, but I've only seen the first couple episodes. It looks pretty entertaining, so if you're a zombie fan, kind of getting anxious for the new Walking Dead season to start up, maybe throw that on to get you by. So I'm not a zombie fan or a Walking Dead watcher or anything like that, okay. but... What is, didn't they just launch like a spinoff of Walking Dead, like Fear of the Walking Dead? They did. It, it launched a couple weeks ago. I'm waiting for my fiance to start watching it. Okay, so how, you haven't watched how it How kind of me, <laughs> right? But I, I do, I have been talking to people that have been watching the show. Um, it's made by the same people that did The Walking Dead. It's a, a spinoff. Uh, Walking Dead originally happened like on the su- southeast, like down in Atlanta. Atlanta. 
this happens in LA area on the west coast it's the same time period when the the outbreak occurred but you know you don't skip over the first couple months of it because mm-hmm. the, he's not so got it's in the a beginning. hospital it's the beginning the the chaos part of it when it all happens so um i don't know about how invested i'm going to be in the characters but it again it's a really good i've heard a really good zombie you can't go wrong right if you like the walking dead it, you like zombies you'll go be interested so fear the walking dead z nation those can get you by um, and the only other thing I've been watching is um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Have you watched like the, the second season, getting ready for the third season? I'm halfway through the first season. Okay. And um, it's, it's a bit of a hard watch to get through, honestly, for the first season until really? it gets to the tie-in with Captain America, I think. Okay. I mean, I've seen... They, they make mentions to stuff a lot, which I like. One of the episodes was even they dedicated... They kind of go overboard. To, yeah. And one of the episodes was like solely dedicated to like them cleaning up after the events of Thor, the dark the dark world, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like the interaction between the, in the same universe. I think the special effects are pretty good for a TV show. Um, I'd like to see more bigger names make cameo appearance appearances, like in the like. I mean, they had Sam uh, Samuel L. Jackson on there one time mm-hmm. cameo for Nick Fury. It was at the very end of an episode, the very first episode they had. I still call her Robin Scherbatsky, Uh Oh, uh, Kobe, Kobe Smulders. Smulders, yeah. Uh, she was on the very beginning. I thought that was really well done. I would think that she would be more in the show because she's more of a TV kind of person than a... Yeah. I, I would have thought she would have been like... They they have... It's that May, the Asian Agent girl. May. I would have thought that would have been played by Kobe. I I would have thought she would have been right there with Coulson. You know, especially since she knows he's alive. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the show's really well done, I think. Uh, I'm not having... I had trouble getting into it after the first couple episodes, but I'm halfway through the season. I'm I'm pretty into it right now. I'm not finding it hard. So if so it gets better, it will get better. Then, then I'm looking forward it. to it. Yeah, it gets way better. Like when the Captain America stuff happens, Winter mm-hmm. Soldier, and then the whole second season is pretty good. And it's going to be really interesting to see where they go in the third season. Right, but you said uh, uh, I think I asked you this before. There's not going to be any more star appearances, cameos from. I can't recall, honestly. It's been then a that's a no because they would be memorable. They revere <laughs> all the Avengers. They're like heroes. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. it's really cool how they treat them. Um, but I understand they're they're trying to play off of they don't want them to know that Coulson is still alive. Right. I don't know. It's just some well, parts of it is there is the one where, and I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, but there's a Lady Sif from Thor comes and is in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay, so that's in the first season, I believe. Okay, so maybe the second half of the first season. Might be. Apparently. Might be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Some of the things are a little unrealistic, like Director Fury spent all this time and money and energy to bring... I, I, I st- Don't ruin anything, please, because I, st- I still haven't gotten the full story about you know what happened to him after he died, but he had people working to bring him back, mm-hmm. whatever in whatever way it was that he was brought back. It just seems kind of odd that at some points in the season he has trouble getting a hold of Nick Fury. You know what I mean? You'd think that he would just be able to make a phone call and Nick would be available or call him back right Right. away. He's like, well, you know, I need to talk to Director Fury right now. And it's just like, and they don't make a mention of it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm curious to see what you think at the end of this first season. Okay. I'll let you know when I get there. There you go. Okay. Um, Other than that... I'll I'll wait until we start on uh, 
Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Well, for me, we've already mentioned Madden. No further detail needed on that. I mean, I'm okay if you want to go further, but uh, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, as far as games go, the other game I've been playing the most of is Disney Infinity 3.0. Mm-hmm. I've thought about getting this game like five different times, and I just I look at some of the gameplay, and I just can't justify. And all the collectibles that would go on top of it, it'd be a time and money sink for me. Oh, it definitely can be, and it's definitely built to be. I'm sure. But it's very fun. So I'm, I'm playing it, and I have Twitch, broadca- yeah. Twitch broadcasted a, uh, a couple times when I've played. So I played through the original trilogy set. Okay. So you you know play as Luke or Leia, or you can unlock the different characters that you have. So if you have the little figure, and you unlock that character in the game, put them on there, and then you can play as them. Okay, so is it a Moby or Amiibo? Well, this is Disney Infinity. Right, but the little, the little, what those are little they figures called? are. Yeah. Those little figures are Disney Infinity figures. They don't call them anything like special Amiibo like that. Amiibo are for. Amiibo. Okay. Are for I always say Amobi and then people look at me like I'm retarded. <laughs> there's Skylanders. Okay. There's Amiibo for Nintendo. And then there's the Disney Infinity figures. Those are the three okay. main toys for. Toys to Life, I think is what they call them uh, right now. But it's fun. I'm I, I'm enjoying it. It's a nice little way to have a, like a collectible item on top of a, and, and interact with it in a video game. Yeah. I'm I think that's cool. So the game itself though is actually pretty fun. So it's a very, like I said, I played through the original trilogy mm-hmm. playset. Uh, I still have to go through the prequel trilogy. Um, not disparaging against one trilogy or another on that. I just wanted to play <laughs> Darth Vader stuff. So uh oh, yeah. dark um, side. <laughs> so I I really liked how. The game looks good, right? Mm-hmm. You go in Tatooine, it looks really good. Uh, it's kind of stylized for the character designs. They look just like the Amiibo, or not the Amiibo. You know, you got to be talking about Amiibo. Sorry. They look just <laughs> like... Catchy word. <laughs> they look just like the, the figures that you would buy in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. The interesting thing is, like, and I didn't realize this, but I, after I got used to it, it's amazing. Luke has a blaster as well as his lightsaber. Oh, nice. So it's like, he's he's really OP at this point. Yeah. He's like, eh, come at me. But uh, it's That's pretty awesome. fun. Uh, so he can deflect with one hand and just fire back with the other. Yeah, similar to that. I mean, I guess it deflects back when he uh-huh. deflects with the lightsaber, but that's pretty awesome. So it's pretty cool. So you can, like, hit someone up in the air and then blast him with your blaster. And stuff like <laughs> nice. That. And uh, it's just really funny. I mean, not funny, but fun. There are times where you kind of laugh and chuckle because it's, it's geared to be more kid-friendly. Sure. Um, family friendly. Yeah, family friendly. You know, really easy, accessible. Um, it's not too complicated. The story is a very truncated version of the original trilogy story. Okay. So, like, you don't even go to Cloud City in in this. Oh, uh, okay. And it's so it starts you on Tatooine, and you meet Obi Wan, and then you got to go to Jabra. Or, you know, find find stuff to to pay the fee to get the Millennium Falcon unlocked. That's pretty cool. Because it's, like, locked down because he hasn't paid his fee or something yeah. like that. He's, like, a parking violation. Oh, my gosh. It's funny. And so then you get in there. The space combat stuff is actually pretty cool. A little bit difficult to control, mm-hmm. but you can control, like, you know, your X-Wing or a Falcon, or you can unlock other ships to play as. But it's really cool. So you got space battles, obviously the Death Star attacks. Nice. Things like that. Um, then you got the storyline. So you go to the Death Star. You have to go and... Um, Turn off the power to the the shield. Oh the yeah, shield, the tracking the tr- beam. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then so you have to do that. Obi Wan goes and does his thing. Then when you're done, you see him fighting Vader. Then after that, you go right to Hoth, and then 
Vader attacks, you know, Hoth and everything mm -hmm. happens there. Luke fights Vader at that point instead of Bespin, and then Luke doesn't get his hand cut off. He just gets his lightsaber thrown away, but oh, then he okay. picks it up on the way out. <laughs> um, and then from there, you go to the asteroid chase, and then you're in Endor. And it's very just truncated. Yeah. But it's really, what really stood out to me is the voice acting, again, for Sam Witwer doing the Emperor Palpatine. Sam Witwer is, Witwer is amazing. Did you ever play the Force Unleashed games? Yeah. That's Sam Witwer. Okay. That, that was Great. modeled after yeah. him and everything. He also voiced Darth Maul in the Clone Wars TV show. Okay. Um, and he's voicing Sidious in the Star Wars Rebels TV show. So, very, uh, very... Well-rounded, huh? Yeah, very well-rounded. Very fun, good game, um, and I'm really enjoying it. As a fun side note, I did start the pre prequel trilogy stuff. Okay. It completely skips over episode one and starts in Geonosis. Oh, man. <laughs> so That's uh, a shame. I liked episode one. Uh, certain scenes, I think they could have... I mean, I guess it was a lot of backstory, but they could have had like a Naboo scene, and then, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll go back to do something, because I do know there's something with pod racers at some point. Yeah, pod um, racers, exactly. So I'm interested to find all that out. Uh, there's going to be new figures that come out. I have all the currently released Star Wars figures of it and a couple of the actual Disney ones. But Is Obi-Wan one of them? Yeah. So if you're playing as Obi-Wan in the original trilogy, um, your gameplay is pretty short, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, to say the least. <laughs> Because, like, so, if it's from his point of view, you go in, you disable the shield generators, and then... You know, I have to actually... Lose. <laughs> I have to look and see if you can play as Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. Okay. Because, um, actually, I'm not sure. Because he's one of the... If he was one of the figures that you could unlock to put in. Okay. Because sometimes it limits him. But you can, say, you can play I... as Darth Maul in the original trilogy. Okay. That's pretty short as well. Yeah. I mean... Ends up in a couple pieces. Yeah. But... But I don't know. I'd be asking for my money back for that Amoebe or whatever it's called, right? <laughs> you got to get it. Uh, amiibo. They're all Amiibos and Bobies. <laughs> Everybody knows what I mean. It's a little figure that plays techno music uh, in Amoebe. <laughs> so been playing that, very much enjoying it. Um, I have been broadcasting it on Twitch, like I said. So if you're curious about it, uh, you can check my past broadcasts and kind of see the gameplay there. In addition to that... I started, but I haven't gotten very far at all. I haven't even completed the like the intro level of Metal Gear Solid Five: The mm -hmm, Phantom Pain. Yeah, you Pain. were telling me about this. Yeah. Good lord, that game looks the best looking game I've played. I think you stopped by my cubicle and you showed me the map. Yeah. It almost took up my whole cubicle, by the way. Uh -huh. It was that big. Um, so I you mean, know, a game is legit when it comes with a map. <laughs> <laughs> the last game that had a map that big that I can remember was Skyrim, and that had a lot of content in it. Yeah. And when I read the review for Metal Gear, Metal um, Gear, it said that the the gameplay was actually pretty short. So, is that true? I like I said, I you haven't, haven't even, been through all of it. No, yet, I mean, so. I've only I'm surprised. I haven't even have gotten like, past the original. <laughs> you know how you have like seven TVs going. Yeah, out. but it's, it's harder. It's harder to do on games because you only have two hands and you know, one controller. Um, but it's. It's really, it looks amazing, and yeah, like the graphics saying. are stellar, the, the character models are, are really good, and I'm just in the opening sequence, which is among the best so far opening sequences I've played in a game. Wow. And you're playing on Xbox One, correct? Yeah. Okay. So up until this point, my favorite opening sequence in the game is probably Mass Effect 2. As of right now, this is at least tying, if not getting better than Mass Effect 2. Wow. 
So that's saying something coming from Nathan, folks, because he loves Mass Effect too. Oh, I do. It, it's a good game. But other than that, I have not really been watching anything other than what we'll be talking about in a few minutes. Uh, but I have been listening to something. Oh boy. I've been taking a break from listening to podcasts. You finally just started just a small break listening to my podcast. I did. That's so entertaining. <laughs> even more so. <laughs> this is even more so entertaining. Um, but I started listening to uh, an audiobook of Star Wars Dark Disciple. It's one of the new canon books. Okay. And I have it physically, like the actual hardcover of the book, but it's way easier for me to be able to listen to a book while I'm driving or something like that than to take time to sit down to read a book. Sure. It just takes me so long to ever get through. I haven't even... I got Tarkin a long time ago, and I maybe... I don't even know if I got halfway through it, but then I just... Something happened, and yeah. I forgot to read it, and it's still... I want to finish it, but this one, I'm so close to the end now because I've been listening to it. Because right. I can listen to it, uh, you know, while I'm working on stuff around the house, I'm here, while I'm driving, mm-hmm. wherever, and then it's just... It's it's a cool way to listen to it, too, because the way that they do these audiobooks is they have sound effects. Oh, they, nice. they have, you know... Um, so they have, like, blaster noises, lightsaber sounds. Someone reads it as uh, Sidious. Someone reads it. Well, he changed his voice. <laughs> does he really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. The guy that reads it is Mark Thompson. He does, like, all the different... He modulates his voice a little bit. So, like, his Count Dooku is really good, honestly. Oh, good. So the the book that I'm reading is Prequel Trilogy Era. I was just going to ask about the time frame. Um, but it's called Dark Disciple. It's really interesting. Um, takes place in the Clone Wars with Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss are the two main characters. Okay. So it's an interesting read, and I'm close to finishing it. I'll have, like, a full rundown. Not a full rundown, but I'll, I'll talk about it more probably next week after I finish it. Okay. If I remember. <laughs> I'm sure you'll remember. But part of the reason why I wanted to read Dark Dis- or get Dark Disciple consumed is that this Friday, as we record this on Thursday, tomorrow, which is our typical recording day, by the way, is Friday, but we're recording early because tomorrow is Force Friday, and there's going to be two new Star Wars books come out. There's going to be the retelling of episodes one, two, and three from a different point of view, and there's also going to be Star Wars Aftermath. Do you know what Star Wars Aftermath is? No, please tell me. You're going to want this so bad. I, I already want most of what you've told me is going to be available. but So here's, what's, here's what Star Wars Aftermath is. Okay. It's a prologue to episode seven and an epilogue to episode six so it takes place like canon right okay canon. perfect so it's and from what i heard it's kind of table setting for episode seven it doesn't get too into detail okay but it kind of touches on some things and some of the people that are still existing what the government kind of system is at that point so it looks to be a really good interesting read for especially getting ready for the force awakens yeah i mean there's a lot of years that passed Right in between six and episode six and episode seven. About thirty, I think, are supposed to have passed. I mean, it was it's literally like the same jump in time. Right. Because of the way that the actors have aged, mm-hmm. so it'll look more realistic. But um so I mean, what do you think they're gonna do with that book? Do you think they'll split it into like two parts where one is the ep- epilogue and one is Well, supposedly there's an aftermath two, possibly, or a follow up book coming out that I heard. But this book is supposed to be the bridge. Supposed okay. to be the one that ties both That's the series very together. And I'm looking forward to that, honestly, because, you know, right now I'm just in the Star Wars consume mode because I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You're right. I do want that book. Told you. So. Are there any price points available or. Uh, for the book? For for any of the merchandise that's going to be sold 
or do we have any information on that yet? Because you would nothing know. official. Okay. There have been some different sites that put together lists of what sure. they know and the price points that they've heard, but nothing from Star Wars or Hasbro or anything official yet. That's However, crazy. today is when they're starting to unveil a lot of that stuff. I was gonna say if they're because gonna Midnight do it, Madness is tonight. Time's running short, yeah. so. So they they've actually got like a live stream going on where they're unveiling all this stuff. And you're at work. I I am. I, I don't know What's why. And I'm podcast. I don't know what I'm doing right now, honestly. <laughs> so it's Star Wars season. <laughs> it, more so than Madden season. You don't even know. My my fantasy t- team name in our oh, fantasy league good. is the Falls Awakens. Falls I mean, you know, tying in my my Star Wars and my St. Louis Rams. Didn't film. you just say you wanted to drop him though? Oh, I, the Foles <laughs> is sleeping for as long as I care. He's he needs to wake up. And it's actually funny because in that league, I actually have Nick Foles on my team. So whenever you're ready to trade Nick Foles for Tom Brady, straight up. <laughs> we'll just straight that way. Up. Yeah, just straight up Nick Foles for Tom Brady. Just no. So what if what if Nick Foles goes off and they're the best team this this year? Would you he, still I'm do telling a straight you, up trade? I'm trying. I'm not even trying to sell you. I'm just telling you he will be because that's your team name. <laughs> so you got to get him on your team. I see. Well, <laughs> before we divulge back into Madden and football chat, oh, I'm done. So I was just making a comment. Let's go ahead and what do you say we we join the good doctor, Doctor Jones. Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What a long name, first off. Yes. But before we get into the actual st- the story or anything about this movie, I just wanted to... We got an email from Mr. Jason Lacey of the Flux Deposed podcast. You know, I've mentioned him a couple weeks yeah. back. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at JW Lacey and at Flux Deposed on Twitter as well. Make sure their podcast, again, is it's fun. I would I would listen to it. I, I do listen to it, so I recommend that you listen to it, too. And actually, we also do another podcast, he and I, uh, called the Holocron Council, which we were talking about the Star Wars comics. So, like, Darth Vader and Star Wars right now, and possibly we'll branch off into some of the other ones, but the Holocron Council actually recorded an episode uh, last Friday. So, when that gets all edited and put back together again, we'll have a new episode for our listening audience Very to enjoy. Cool. Very cool. So... Let, let me read his email in full. Oh, my. It's a, and he sent me... He, I woke up yesterday morning, and like I saw my Twitter feed, and he's like, I just said that's entertaining an email, and it's a doozy. And I read it, <laughs> I was like, man, you weren't kidding around. So, he kind of goes through the whole trilogy. Okay. Gentlemen, let us begin. As I was finishing up your last Crusade episode on my short drive into work this morning, and had far too many thoughts to be confined only to Twitter. This is my... This is one of my all-time favorite franchises, and my feedback has been far too thin up to this point. Let us journey film by film. Raiders. A fabulous introduction to the character and to the series. The entire first scene with the idol and the boulder, how do you ever forget that? You can't, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. That every, no, that very first shot with the mountaintop 
is almost an exact replica of the Paramount logo. And you've probably noticed that in each of these films, they have that first shot of the Paramount logo kind of goes into a mountain or into something. But this one, it was similar. like a gopher hill, Yeah, it was like right? a, um, yeah, whatever kind of CG generated. I'm calling it had. a gopher. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, yes, I've watched far too much behind-the-scenes features far too many times. Let us touch on some of my favorite scenes. The intro, the bar fight in Nepal, tomb escape, bad dates, classic Sala. You know, mm-hmm. bad dates. I, and I always remember that, too, because the way he says it and just... Uh, that scene, always, it's always stuck with me as well. Yep. The coat hanger. I don't think I brought that out in Raiders, but I meant to. When, you know, the German Nazi guy came and he had the stuff uh, or had that thing that he pulled out. He thought he was going to be like a weapon or something like that. Mm-hmm. He turned into a coat hanger. Yep. Loved that scene. Yep. I don't think I brought it That's out. A classic I it was Indiana great. Jones moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and he really, uh, the climactic scene. Okay, really, so much about this film. Marion Ravenwood is the best indie love interest we've seen in the series. I also love how she's introduced to the audience. You're left wanting to know more about the backstory between her and Indiana. You guys touched on it a bit, but the melting head, the exploding head, ah, such an amazing effects for the for the time. Mm-hmm. You've nineteen eighty one. Yeah, I mean that was. Wait, Raiders was eighty one. Yeah, I thought it was seventy something. Eighty one, okay. I believe. Well, even then, it's it's still amazing. Incredible. And it's a, he continues, Have you watched the original shot of the exploding head? It was far more visceral in its original form. The flames were added to tone it down for the audience and rating. You guys also mentioned the pistol sequence. Let's move along. And by that, I think he's talking about the Kara Swordman. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to Temple of Doom. Okay. This is definitely my least favorite film of the franchise. There is still a bit to be salvaged here. Not Short Round or Willy. It goes in the complete opposite direction of the other films and is a nice standalone adventure for separate from the rest of the series. I get it. Yeah, right? Kind of just another story, not necessarily in the, in the series standalone-ish. Right. We just talked about how it was a missed opportunity to get some good backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Especially between him and Marion. Right. Because, it, been because they're going back mm-hmm. as well. One section from the first scene I really like is when his partner, Wu Han, delivers while passing. I've followed you in many adventures, but on the great unknown mystery, I go first, Indy. <laughs> you remember at the first when his buddy dies at the beginning of that movie, which I like that, that line too. He continues, I love the sexual tension filled con- between Indy and Willie when they are in the palace. When Indy starts filling up one of the statues, locating the secret entrance... Willie is shouting, I'm right here! <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Classic. We also get another staple of the series, an overwhelming amount of creepy crawly creatures in, in, with all the bugs. A classic meme slash gif, gif, whatever, was born from, we are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delivery from Harrison when he and Short Run are caught in the trap. Mm-hmm. And that's a funny scene, too. The whole thuggy cult thing is a bit odd, especially the heart removal, but the minecart sequence sequence is awesome, which it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the one of the most iconic parts of that movie was the, the minecart right. stuff. Right, and then at the very end, the water line mm-hmm. was just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> great miniature work with great special effects. 
This scene is definitely top of the film. Also, the overbearing cult member that fights in the, on the conveyor was the same large mechanic that he fights in Raiders. Fact. Wow. That's pretty cool. That he goes in depth. We should have had him on these shows. Why not? Yeah, he's the expert. Yeah. Jason, we should have had you. We, we apologize. Next time, we, next time we do indie, we'll have you on. <laughs> next time, yeah. <laughs> um, man, this is a lot about Temple of Doom. It definitely feels different than the other films, but I think it also helps to break them up. Last Crusade. Yep, this is my favorite indie film. We are back to with punching Nazis and hunting for relics. I love the beginning sequence again. We are introduced to the young Indy, see a recurring villain that faces he faces through his younger years, and is all wrapped up as the film starts. I love the return of Sala and Marcus. Again, far too many good scenes to list. In Venice, breaking through the library, the face of the librarian and the tunnel sequence, that was... You know, you have the stamp yep. and stuff. That was I, I can't believe I didn't call There was so much to call out. That movie was so good. Yep. My earlier point, that Temple of Doom now with rats, uh, with the tunnel sequence, but yeah. yeah. Um, and the boat chase, which was good. He continues, it's crazy to think that Elsa was only 17 during filming. Did you know that? No. No. Like, she doesn't look like she's 17, but close. she was a great actress for 17. Very good. Um, so thank you for bringing out that point for sure, Jason. I was, when I read that, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. There are too many great scenes to list here, but Sean Connery was a fantastic casting, even if he only is 12 years Harrison Sr. Wow. Did you realize that? No. You'd never... Yeah, I mean, it was perfect, just the way that they played off of each other, and the age looked right, but I guess Sean's always looked old anyway, but, and Harrison looks young. That's so... Th think about that. So you have the girl that's 17, mm -hmm. and then you have Sean Connery. He's only 12 years older than... And he's playing his dad. Uh-huh. That's crazy. But it looks so... It, I mean, it looks right. Right. It Like, it doesn't look wrong. Right. But now knowing that Elsa now was 17, and she was kind of... <laughs> with both father and son, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but Sean Connery was fantastic. All right, we are... Maybe she that. figured he's only 12 years older. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It all plays out so well. We have another fantastic villain, a great MacGuffin, and another great ending. You were named after the dog. And I, I like the line. I don't think he brought it out here, but the, I don't know if I brought it out last week. But the, the line that he told Sala, I said no camels. That's five camels. Can you count? <laughs> or can't you count? Yep. <laughs> it was funny. He continues, we see Indy and his father finally come together after years of being at odds with their relationships as father and son. Now, I have to say, I am shocked that you didn't mention Walter Donovan, played by Julian Glover, was also General Veers in Empire. Which, wow. I didn't mention that, but I, I knew it. It just, again, there's not, too, there's not enough time to talk I about know. this. And that's why, I love that. Forever, yeah. that's why I love that he sent this email in, because, I mean, these are amazing points that I can't believe we didn't bring up. Mm-hmm. Another great Star Wars slash indie connection is that the actor that played Hitler was Michael Sheard, who was also in Empire as Admiral Azell. Wow. So that's his thoughts on the first three films. He continues with another paragraph. Oh, boy. I won't touch on Crystal Skull yet until after your episode. I really don't mind the series that the series skips around in time. As long as you keep getting more adventures or you could release... Every movie out of order for all I care. 
So he just wants more films. He just wants more stories. He doesn't care yeah. the order. Which I wonder, Jason, have you watched the Young Indiana Jones TV show? It's on Netflix if you haven't, because that skips around in time and just more indie stories. I'm kind of curious to what your thought is on that. So, if they ever do make another indie film, they need to cast Hugo Weaving as the villain. He would be amazing. Christoph Waltz would do fine as well. Then again, between Inglorious Bastards and Captain America, we've seen them as crazy Nazi characters. Oh well, I need more. And he continues, All right, that's enough indie thoughts to wade through. I own the series on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, and love it. I do as well. I have it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. Uh, I have the VHS sitting next to my Star Wars VHS in one of my closets, but I still have them. Plus, there's always... I like to always watch it on Spike TV. If one of these movies was on, I watch it. And the stunt spectacular at Hollywood Studios... Okay, no more indie. And he continues, <laughs> no more indie thoughts now, but this is kind of, we should have done this actually in our beginning because we asked the question last week of the favorite NFL team. He answers our question. The favorite NFC team, Detroit Lions. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so he's an NFC North competitor to you. Okay. But he's from Michigan. Oh, come on now. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, AFC team, might as well throw a dart on the dartboard. And his all-time favorite team is Detroit, hometown can respect the hometown fandom yeah so and continuing on with his point on detroit it's a painful relationship but the lions are still my team they are my local team and i grew up being a fan watching the games with my dad etc we went to four or five of the thanksgiving day games as a kid and it will be fantastic that that world wait that were a fantastic memory the silver dome which is where the lions used to play is just falling apart it's a shame nothing was ever done with it so yeah, my team has been a laughing stock in the league for far too many years. We wasted arguably the greatest running back ever in Barry Sanders and never really received recovered until after he retired. The Matt Millen era, 0-16. Ugh. Finally, things are turning around. We've made the playoffs twice in the past couple of years. Even with the loss of Sue, I think that everybody will be doing a great year. Detroit versus everybody. Jason, thank you for the email. Uh, greatly appreciate your thoughts, and hope that uh, I get to hear what you think of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But first, let's listen to Alex. What did you think of Kingdom and the Crystal Skull? Well, I might, I might be alone. Maybe not. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good addition to. Come okay, we got, we got to keep in mind this is. 20 years after 19 to be exact right and the time has again lucas brings the time frame the same in real life in the movie the same time has passed in between right last one was in 1938 that it took place last crusade this one's 1957 Mm -hmm. and it's nice that they touched on a a new type of enemy with the soviets right They're, they're they're going periodicals right what's going on what was going on at that time I thought it was cool that they brought back some characters like Marion. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and I thought it was nice that they let 
us know, you know, that Marcus and his father had both passed on. They even showed glimpses of that. And I mean, even the statue. The statue, the the paintings and of the Marcus. And the pictures on his desk. And the picture of uh, Sean on his desk, yeah. He even made mention to um, his father a few times. It was really cool. And then to bring the concept of mud being his surprise. Mutt. Mutt. Mud. Mud. Mutt. <laughs> Mutt Williams being their surprise like uh, son between him and Marion. I thought that was a really good, you know, twist on it. And it, it was kind of ironic in the way, like he said, you know, somewhere, you know, dad's laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to end it with them getting married, I thought was pretty cool. As far as the whole adventure goes, it was filmed in a very Indiana Jones way for being 20 years, you know, made 20 years after. Think about this. This was released in 2008, only seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It was shot in a very old-fashioned way. Yeah, That it was. kind of kept the nostalgia alive for the Indiana Jones franchise. But, you know, obviously the new special effects and the, the, the camera angles were a bit different. But I really liked it. I didn't have a problem with it. And I think it's nice that, you know, after 20 years, instead of going from... He's still the hero, right? But instead of this being this guy that just... Goes around and beat up everybody all the time. He's like, you know, a younger guy with like a hot temper. He's this crafty old, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Shy even calls him Gramps a few times. You right. Know what I mean, <laughs> their daddy-o or something uh-huh. like that. It was really cool. Um, I, I think Shia is a really good actor. Um, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Um, I thought, I don't know, like you said, the title's a bit long. It probably could have just been Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Uh-huh. But, I don't know, just nitpicking. I thought the villain was pretty good. It was Kate Blanchett. I thought she did a pretty good job as a Soviet. Yeah. And um, overall, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, I'm still ranking it third out of fourth because Last Crusade obviously gives us the best overall Indiana Jones experience. Raiders is the movie that started it all, right? And mm-hmm. then Kingdom of Crystal Skull. But they're, they're in, a, in a high tier very close to each other. And then um, the other one, <laughs> we'll just, it, it's a good separate adventure, like Jason said, uh-huh. um, but it's just not on par with being entertaining like the other three. So, what'd you think? So, the movie felt, the pacing felt off. Like, I felt like I was lost at certain points, the storytelling. Like, I didn't quite understand what was happening at a couple points. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, to, to start out, you get the, the reveal of Indiana Jones always seems to be kind of similar, right? Gets his hat, kind of turns around from the side. It's always mm-hmm. similar. But this is 20 years later. Right, so 20 was, years later. I thought they could have even done even more of a buildup. Right. You know, gets, you know, hauled out of the car or whatever at the beginning. But, and I love, this movie felt like, in my opinion, it was kind of indie by numbers mm-hmm. in a way. So they're trying to do so many callbacks to all the other movies, which I appreciated, but there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like you had musical cues oh, that, yeah. that were all through the season or all through the other three movies. <laughs> Felt like a season? <laughs> yeah. So you had musical cues that called back. You had visual cues like, you know, the the Marcus stuff to call yep. back to Raiders. You had the, the picture of Sean Connery to call back to um, Last Crusade. What was the callback to Temple of Doom? Probably a kid somewhere. (laughs) But actually, I think there was something somewhere that it was a, there was a shot of him when they 
Shia says, you're, you're a teacher? And he says, part-time, mm-hmm. that's, that stance that he had, that was the callback to Doom. Mm-hmm. Because that's the stance they, they marketed Doom with. Right. With him handing the whip and stuff like that. That was, at least the one that I saw was the sure. Doom callback. I could see that. Then, you know, when they're driving around Area 51, he smashes into the temple, or the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. Right. So you see that there. Uh, and all the callbacks, like the snake and stuff, which was really funny. The snake was hilarious. I mean, I, I don't think an Indiana Jones movie is complete without some kind of snake, snake. reference. Yeah, it's his weakness, right? Yeah, it's his kryptonite. It is his kryptonite. Just call it a rope. Call it a rope. <laughs> Grab the rope. <laughs> it's hilarious. Brilliant. So, but the villain, I I cannot buy Kate Blanchett as a Soviet psychic or whatever you want to call her. Uh, the Soviets themselves were fine, whatever. It kind of felt like it was, again, it felt like the villain was a direct rip, but Soviets now instead of Nazis, from Raiders. Because they were the same kind of thing. He was looking for uh, Mussolini, was it maybe? He was looking for artifacts or something like that. It wasn't wasn't Mussolini. I, I can't remember who it was. Was looking for artifacts, right? That very reminiscent of you know Hitler looking for the artifacts too, right? For power, right? So, and then isn't that had... always going to be the case though? Right, when you have something like that, it's always going to be somebody that wants it for power for the wrong reason. It's up to Indy to find the artifact first, and true, but it's Nazis just... and Soviets are very closely related. Very I... closely. I mean, yeah. for the time period, you couldn't do. And it makes sense for the the Soviets to be the the villain because in that time period that was like America's versus Soviets. Yeah, Cold War time yeah. period. Yeah. Um, so, in the opening, okay, <laughs> Jennifer came in and watched part of this with me, and she was kind of paying attention at parts and sure. not at others. <sighs> the the part where they blow up the with the nuclear bomb at the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And he gets in a fridge, mm-hmm. and the fridge, you know, gets thrown out, and he just, he's fine. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he's fine. And uh, so, you know, the, that starts the whole meme. You, you've heard of Jump the Shark. There's also, like, Nuke the Fridge, which mm-hmm. is a thing now, which is just, you, you get to a point where you're just like, what? No. That's just, no. So Jennifer saw that, and she looked at me, and like, so he got in a fridge and survived? And I was like, yeah. She's like, no. <laughs> Theoretically, he would be able to survive the blast. He'd be able to survive possibly the radiation, but not the blast. I, I think he I think he could. What I don't think he would be able to survive, well, one, the radiation. He had to be close enough to get radiation poisoning. And by the time somebody was out there and found it and he was able to get scrubbed, he'd been, he would have been poisoned. Mm-hmm. And then to be tossed around like that, in the and to not thing. have some kind of concussion, broken or bones, something. Yeah, he's because just, he was fine. He's just all good. And keep in mind, he's not a young man. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's, but I mean, he he made the callouts to that himself when earlier, right? When he was in the thing, like, oh, this used to be easier or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I, I, did she? Did Jennifer stick around to the boat? Oh, she stuck around. Off the cliff? Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> that was another gets, comment that she had. pretty worse. That was another comment. I was like, that, that's just, that would never happen. That's stupid. Yeah, and it's like, the way that Marion was playing it off is that 
that was just planned. Yeah. It was like I I, I knew I, I knew that was gonna happen. Like, no. You didn't tell anyone. Uh huh. <laughs> it's, like, it's just one of those things, and oh, and why in the world did these monkeys start to oh attack God. the Soviets? <laughs> what the heck? Because I, I, I get that you can have the monkeys in the forest, whatever, but they're not gonna just start attacking the Soviets for no reason. Because mud. Is Mutt. mud is a monkey whisper, <laughs> apparently, because he saw the monkey. They made a connection, and then you just see him swinging with the monkeys. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's Tarzan. <laughs> all they were missing was the uh, the Tarzan yell, which, by the way, the Wilhelm the Wilhelm scream, which is in every movie that, that ah yeah was poorly used. I would agree. Horribly. I would agree. In the library, uh, it was just no. And and you know it had been so many years since I went. And, I, and I've actually seen this from beginning to end. If I go through it again and watch it, I'm going to nitpick all these little things. Well, it's, I guarantee the last time I saw this movie was when I saw it in theaters. Because I yeah. forgot a lot of the stuff that happened in this movie. And I think I had a reason for forgetting a lot of it happened in the movie. Because I, here's the thing, right? You come from Last Crusade. Perfect. Amazing movie. We already know that it wasn't going to be topped. Right, e- even but you when want something maybe to be at least as good or at least close to it. But the problem with I have with this movie is story aside, characters aside, whatever, is they had a gross misuse of CG in this movie. It was just there for no reason. the The ant scene too, just I mean, all all the the monkey stuff and the the warthog and the warthogs, the little. Gophers. I call them gophers. Whatever you call them. Um, all the, the CG was just horribly misused in this movie. Where before this, in the last Indiana Jones film, we had the amazing practical effects. And that's the last yeah. movie that we watched, obviously, so we're comparing it to that. I mean, it's in the same series. I'm kind of... I kind of come at this movie... Like, a lot of people probably come at the prequels for Star Wars. Because, yeah, in Star Wars, and especially in Episode 2, they use a lot of the CG stuff. But it doesn't... With the Star Wars universe, it's all fictional. Right. In the Indiana Jones universe, it's always been real. It's always been grounded. Well... And with this now... In some way. In, eh, in a lot of ways. It's a, it's very historical, you know, with, with all the figures. So you it assumes to be... In this world that we live in. Right, but it's still classified in the science fiction category because none of this is like proven fact. These are all mythical objects and artifacts that have mythical powers. Right. And I'm fine if, if an object has power. Whatever. Right. That's fine. Because that's that's the whole MacGuffin situation. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the skull was magnetic and all this other stuff, that's fine. I don't care about that. It's kind of whatever. But Did you have a problem with the artifact being... Extraterrestrial? I, no. Honestly, that felt normal. For a the tip, time period, a typical, right? Yeah, for the time period and for a typical Indiana Jones what story. What about the saucer at the end? Eh, that was a little that felt, overboard. That felt very 60s as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if Spielberg wanted to make a 60s movie with this or what he was doing, but yeah, that was just... That was a good use of effects, in my opinion. It actually was fine, but the saucer thing was kind of... Hmm. We could have... I could have done without the saucer... Because, like, if you think about it, they, they had that little portal thing, right? They all... No, it wasn't a portal. It was the it was, ship. Was that the ship? It was things being 
transported into the ship, and then the ship lifted, and then it all kind of caved in. So, I mean, that's almost even more realistic mm-hmm. than it being a portal, and then I, I guess I don't really have that much of a problem with it. But I, I was pleasantly surprised by the movie because I, ex- from what my memory had told me, this wasn't a very good movie in the series, and I liked it. And, and I'm I was glad, entertained. I'm glad you do. But for me, it's just, man, that, that CG stuck, sticks out way too much. I can see from, like, really hardcore indie fans that, you know, grew up when these movies were coming out, how you would have mixed emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But I look at how bad it could be, like with Temple of Doom, and this was a lot better than Temple of Doom. And I would agree. So here's, Story-wise, here's just look at the I, adventure, you know what I mean? Right. And here's what my rankings would be. So number one is The Last Crusade. Shocking. 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 <laughs> Shocking. Shocking, sure. <laughs> number two, Raiders. Mm-hmm. Number three will be... Last, or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. I thought you were going to say Temple of Doom there for a second. I got really worried. And then Temple of Doom. But for me, the gap is... So, yeah, Last Crusade and Raiders right by each other, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got a gap. And then you've got Crystal Skull. Then you got another gap. And then you got Doom. There's only Doom. Okay. So, so I, I can't... This movie is... Is fine to have another Indiana Jones story. Mm-hmm. I my two Indiana Jones movies that I will always consider to be Indiana Jones are always going to be Raiders and Last Crusade. Yeah, I mean it's in his prime. Right. It was the nostalgic feeling that introduced the character, and then the Last Crusade was just a phenomenal, just right. all around indie adventure. And part of the reason why I like this movie, you know, is, and I would watch this movie again. I would, mm-hmm. but not as often as. Raiders or Last Crusade for sure, but with I'm with this, you there. with this movie, I'm glad we have it. Honestly, I am because it's more Indiana Jones, it's more stories, and that's what I want. I want more indie. So, as long as it's more indie, I'm I'm happy because even the worst Indiana Jones movie is better than Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? Yes. the The worst Indiana Jones movie is better than a lot of other movies that are in different categories. So. For that, I will say that, you know, Indiana Jones, I would recommend any movie to anybody, but I would recommend the my two favorites above the others, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's about all I got to say about this. The, the, the music, again, like I said, the score called back a lot to the earlier movies. I agree. And it, like you said, it's always going to be just, it's Indiana Jones. Yeah. One more thing I want to say. And this is, you know, we're, we're gearing up towards Star Wars soon. <laughs> I mean, I'm already gearing up towards Star Wars. And part of the thing people hated on the prequels was all the CG use, right? But now in one of the big marketing things with Force Awakens is that there's a lot less CG. They're not going to rely heavily on CG. Right. There will be some, but there's going to be a lot of practical stuff as well. Right. And I think that maybe that th- what we see in the this movie, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Tips that opinion that that there's too much of a CG reliance or use or misuse that now they're kind of stepping back and going in the opposite direction. I'm excited to see what the result of that is. I hope I'm with you. I hope that it's a good response and the reception is is really well done because to be honest, like when you look at some of these movies that are overuse CG, it's like how much do the actors really act? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I have to say, Harrison Ford still has it. 
Oh yeah. He was he was still good as in Absolutely. Me. Absolutely. So like it is the highest grossing Indiana Jones movie, did you know? Not surprising. Even when adjusted for inflation before really? you say. Yep. Yeah, that's well, what it... that makes sense because a, a lot more people are more generational, right? You have your fathers and your mothers taking your sons and your daughters because, hey, this is Indiana Jones. Let's go see this. I loved this as a kid. Right. So they have those extra people coming with them. But at the same time, 19 years means that they had to pay that much more. Right. Which means they had to gross that much more to get that same, you know, percentage gap in there. That's saying something. Mm-hmm. So does that say, like you said, it's generational, right? And it built off of the success of Last Crusade. Definitely. So I I definitely am appreciative of the work that was put forward to this movie. I think there'll be more. I think there will be more. It's because when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they also bought Indiana Jones. And they've made mention to... I mean, Star Wars isn't the only thing that we're going to use. Yeah, and I believe I read somewhere that the Indiana Jones movies that Lucas and Spielberg, their contract was actually signed for five. So what I think might happen is one more Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. I don't think they'll continue the storyline, though. I don't know if they'll continue the the mutt thing. Because, you know, at the end, you know, the hat blew in and he was going to put it on. I was like, oh, I didn't remember this. Don't do that. Well, no, no, no. And it's funny. It's funny you should say that because it's like it's like it's almost like he's going to take over and then he just comes in and swipes it back. Yep. It's actually funny because in an interview, Harrison Ford, they were asking him about that. They were like, would you be okay if Shia, you know, took over? And he's like, hell no. <laughs> he's like, I earned that whip. I earned that hat. It's mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not, not in a disrespectful way. It's just like. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. Yep. I don't think they're going to continue the storyline with, like, Mud. Mutt. <laughs> mud is a mutt. He's not <laughs> He's not going to be the next Indiana Jones. The name he chose, Mutt. I think what's going to happen is they're going to do one more with Harrison Ford. Maybe they'll have Mutt in there and Marion or whatever. Maybe they'll just go back a little bit in time. Like, because he was a World War II vet at this point, um, Indy. It could be something like that. Yeah. They could backtrack a tiny bit. And then I think after that, Disney will start releasing Indiana Jones movies with another actor when he's younger. Yeah. And I just, all I want are good stories, right? Yeah. If And Harrison Ford will always be Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But if we can get some more movies with some really good adventures, I'll go on them with another, another actor, another decent actor. Yeah. So... That'll conclude our thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Indiana Jones in a whole at this point in time. Because next week... What are we doing next week? I don't even know. Next week... Oh. We take a look at a familiar franchise through a new lens. <laughs> the suspension is killing me. Not familiar to this podcast, though. But Christopher Nolan... Oh, yeah. And Batman Begins. So we're going to be doing uh, the Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan trilogy. So Batman Begins will be next week. Then we'll do The Dark Knight and then Dark Knight Returns. Didn't want to start with uh, the Tim Burton. <laughs> you know, we there may be a point in time where we can go back and do some of those. But I think that... Even if you started with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, <laughs> you know... Cheers. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just I didn't at this point because at the end of the year mm-hmm. we're doing the Star Wars extravaganza, right? So 
we had a, a good little time period where we can put in three movies, and I wanted three good movies. So Batman Begins, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight, re- The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Returns. Plus, it's going to be leading into the DC movies, right. right? I mean, you could even throw Man of Steel in there, and then we could get into Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. And... Which I think, because before Dawn of Justice comes out, I definitely want to discuss Man of Steel because it is a direct lead-in to what happens. Absolutely. So probably, behind the scenes, we're going to be doing a Man of Steel look before Batman <laughs> We just made Batman this decision. Superman. There you, you go. You were with us. You are along for the journey. But, so another peek behind the scenes, we will be doing the next movie in theaters that we're going to do a release on is The Martian, starring Matt Damon, based on the uh, critically acclaimed best-selling book, The Martian. And then we'll be doing Inception, one more Nolan movie, one of my favorite movies of all time. And then, to close out the year, from that point on, Star Wars. How are you going to even, how are we going to set up these uh, podcasts? Like, how how are you going to break it off? You're going to have, like, one podcast for each 15 minutes of the movie, like, in different segments? Or, like, what, how is it? No, it'll probably be one podcast for each frame. (laughs) So if you look here, that way, no. Ta-da! Let's talk about this. (laughs) Now, the scroll here, right? Now, this is what it says. Read between the lines. Now, the book before this says, (laughs) it's going to be a fun journey. I'm worried for you. It's going to be very fun. And I'll have to contain myself, and it'll it'll probably be uh, less gaming and more just Star Wars at that point, honestly. Unless, actually, a part of it will be playing a lot of Battlefront, I'm sure. So it'll be very synergetic it's, on that side. Yeah, and then plus you're going to have your book. You're mm-hmm. going to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to read the book. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of Star Wars. It'll be a lot Looking of Star Wars. So that's a peak for the rest of the year, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for listening this week. But before we close out, we do have our typical sign-off, I guess you could say. Um, so, again, entertaining code for anybody who leaves a uh, review. No, wait. I didn't say a review. I meant to say... You said the R word. Ah, uh, <laughs> that follows us on Twitter. I need to re- remove the re- word review from here because I'm not mentioning that anymore because it's September now. Um, so follow us on Twitter at EntertainingPod. And a question for our listeners this week. Are you, or did you, venture out for the Midnight Madness on Force Friday? I am thinking I will be heading out at midnight to Target because it sounds fun. If I wasn't going out of town for the weekend, if I wasn't going out of town for the weekend, I would definitely be going out yeah. on Force Friday. I mean, at least at least to get a copy of the book and just to see what else is out there. Yeah. So. Have fun. It'll be, be fun. Be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did also want to mention out for our last uh, question, Mr. Dan Anthony on Twitter said that his favorite team is the 49ers. So, there you go. Shocking. That's who he uses in our <laughs> Connected franchise. So. so you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Sith Nightmare. Alex? Are you I'm at D-O-U-E-1-H-1. Same on Xbox Live. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for us this week. We thank you for listening. We hope that you have been entertained. Mm-hmm.